Hello and welcome to the We Are One podcast. I'm your host, Ben Johnston, and this week we will be discussing the challenges of change. Stay tuned. So before we get started this week, I figured I'd take the time to introduce myself. Um, as I mentioned before, my name is Ben Johnston. I am the co-founder of We Are One Ministries. Uh, I'm also a songwriter and uh, a father of two beautiful boys, um, an 11-year-old named Judah and a 4-year-old named Josiah, and have been happily married for the last 12 years to the beautiful one and only Chelsea Johnston, who may grace us with her presence on the broadcast at some point. All right. Um, you guys also should know that this broadcast is now available on multiple different platforms. Uh, so we're now on Spotify as well as iTunes and Google. Um, there's a lot of other networks out there. Anchor um, is one of them. So we're going to get started here. We're going to be talking about the challenges of change. And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the life of Moses. Moses, uh, we don't know a whole lot about his upbringing other than the Bible that has a little bit um, in Exodus chapter 2. And then the Prince of Egypt, which we may have watched, uh, which likely used a lot of uh, license. But, you know, who knows? Some of those insights might actually be uh, truer than not. Um, but yeah, he grew up in a pretty challenging time. The Pharaoh had just issued a decree to slaughter all of the firstborn's uh, children, and uh, specifically males. And um, that's crazy. If you just think about that, it was just a mass genocide. And Moses grew up um, in his early years just amongst this, this kind of like tense, chaotic time. He was actually hidden away by his mother, um, for uh, a number of months before he was too big to be discovered. Um, well, he was so big that he would have been discovered, essentially. So she placed him in a woven basket. This is the story that we know. And uh, sent him down the river. And then his sister goes and follows. Where is this basket going to go? Oh, my gosh, it's my brother. And he ends up at the Pharaoh's daughter's uh, place where she bathed. So she went out and uh, uh, the servant of the Pharaoh's daughter found the basket and we know what happened from there. Moses' sister comes on the scene conveniently and says to the Pharaoh's daughter, I'll go fetch a uh, Hebrew woman to nurse the baby. That ends up being Moses' mother. So you can imagine the turmoil that the mother went through but at the very least, she got to bond uh, more with her son before giving her son away to the Pharaoh's daughter, if you can imagine. So uh, this is a change, obviously, that was forced upon Moses and uh, also forced upon Moses' mother and sister. So change can be forced upon you. Um, sometimes that just happens in your life. There's nothing that you can really do about it. It is difficult. There are a lot of things in life that we don't understand. There are a lot of bad things that happen in life. Uh, and that is not because God wants us to experience bad things. Uh, on the contrary, 
Um, the, the Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no change or variance or shifting shadows, okay? Um, but bad things do happen, and it is a mystery as to why they do. Uh, so you may have not chosen the circumstances that you're going through, but you still have a choice as to how you're going to respond and uh, that's kind of the first thing that I want to talk about here when it comes to change. So even though change can be forced upon you, it is your choice whether or not you are going to be a victim of circumstances or you are going to rise up. All right. Um, I'm going to I'm going to turn here to Exodus 2 um, and I, I'm going to jump kind of to verse 11. OK, Exodus 2, 11. One day when Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and looked over uh, and looked on their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. He looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. So that's pretty sketchy. How many would agree? Um, Moses sees something going on. He decides to take the law into his own hands, and he beats down and kills an Egyptian. That's pretty intense, uh, if you ask me. Uh, verse 13, when he went out the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together. And he said to the man in the wrong, why did you strike your companion? He answered, who made you a prince, a judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Oh, snap is, is what should be there. Uh, then Moses was afraid and thought, surely the thing is known. When the Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian which translates into strife, uh, and he went down by a well, okay? So now Moses is in a situation, obviously he uh, is a victim of his own circumstances in the sense that he, um, or a victim of his own consequences, I guess I should say, uh, he made a bad decision, and that bad decision has now caused him to flee everything that he ever knew. Um, so my question for you uh, is, is just simply this. Are you going to live the rest of your life defined by your bad choices? Or are you going to receive mercy and grace so that you can continue on? Because Moses now is left in this place of strife. And strife is like this place of knowing that you're meant for more, um, but not necessarily wanting to have to go through what you need to go through in order to get out of the place where you're at. So I hope that that makes sense to you. Um, and Moses found himself there in this situation. And let me just kind of continue on because it's a little bit fascinating. Moses has a, a little bit of a hero story um, going on here. So Moses is now in Midian. And uh, let me just fast forward here. Verse 16, now the priest of Midian had seven daughters and they came and drew water and filled their troughs to water their father's flock. The shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and saved them and watered their flock. When they came home to their father, Ruel, he said, how is it that you have come home so soon today? They said, an Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds and even drew water for us and watered the flock. He said to his daughters, then where is he? That's a good question. See, Moses, he saves the day. He rescues the damsels in distress. And uh, they just leave him there. <laughs> Very interesting. 
Verse 20, he said to his daughters, then where is he? Why have you left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. It's a good man right there. And Moses was content to dwell with the man, and he gave Moses his daughter Zipporah. She gave birth to a son. He called his son Gershom. For he said, I have been a sojourner, sojourner in a foreign land. Very interesting. So this is the um, kind of the story of Moses in this land of strife. He knows that he grew up in a place that was not really um, what he was designed for. So he grew up in a palace and uh, it wasn't with his own people. So when he saw the oppression of his own people and he went to go and do something about it and take matters into his own hands, um, there are consequences. He had to leave the land that he knew. Uh, but he knows that he's called for more and he wants to help his people, but he doesn't know how. So he's in this place called strife. And we can enter into this place called strife when we're kind of in between um, what, where we know we're supposed to be, but we're kind of okay with not having to face up to the consequences of our decisions. So Moses is in this kind of place. All right. Um, so again, my question, are you going to live the rest of your life defined by those bad choices? You know, are you going to be a victim? Are you going to be like, well, you know, um, I made these decisions and now I can never, I can never ever, you know, return. It's like uh, Simba in the Lion King, you know, uh, I can never return. He carried this kind of like Shame, and it was like this false kind of thing, you know. You all, you all know those stories, uh, but it's almost like Moses had like one of these things going on, except for the fact that he actually killed an Egyptian. Anyways, moving on. Um, but God's able to redeem, and I love this verse in Isaiah one eighteen, and this is applicable for anyone, regardless of what you've gone through and what you've done. This is an invitation. Let it set you free. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So uh, here, this is clearly an invitation from God to reason together. And I just love if, if you look at um, 2 Corinthians chapter 15, you can read about how Jesus came that we may be reconciled unto the Father or that we everything might be made okay between us and God. So God's not mad at us. We have access to him. And it's really important that we understand that. Hebrews 4.16 says this, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So we have access to the throne of God, okay? Jesus made a way for us to uh, approach the throne of God with boldness. So we don't have to be um, timid. Um, there's still this reverential awe or this fear of God um, that comes into play in that we don't want to ever hurt his heart or do anything that would, you know, cause um, kind of a separation that usually occurs in our mind um, when we do something. It's as if we have now put up some kind of invisible curtain and we limit ourselves to that place. And the enemy's really good at trying to contain us in that place of emotion. We'll talk more about that as these uh, podcasts continue. So change uh, can can 
be forced upon you. Change can come as a consequence. We've talked about these things. Uh, another thing that can happen is change can come in the form of a challenge. And many people are challenging themselves or being challenged by others to do many things, um, you know, health-wise, you know, more self-care, more time with God, uh, practice your passions more, uh, you know, uh, schedule your day better, you know, any of these kinds of challenges. We've had like the ALS ice bucket challenge, you know, we've had uh, various different, you know, challenges on Facebook or social media or TikTok or whatever's going on these days. Uh, there's a lot of challenges going on. Um, but uh, that's not necessarily the best way for us to change. Uh, let me look at what Paul says to his spiritual son, Timothy, in here. First uh, Timothy 4, verses 7 and 8 says, Have nothing to do with irrelevant silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. All right? So even though... We can change as a result of a challenge. Um, those changes are not likely to be permanent. We really need the grace of God in order for us to live as he's called us to live. So uh, let's jump back into the life of Moses and we'll look a little bit at uh, what happened. So Moses is out. He's taking care of the flocks. As a shepherd, I don't know how this happened because the last time we looked, he rescued um, the damsels from the shepherds. So I don't know if he got like some form of like cred and now he's like respected amongst the other shepherds. I have no idea how that really works, um, but it says that he was keeping the flock. So Exodus 3.1 says, Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. See, we may think that we're familiar with this story, but uh, this is the thing. We cannot become too familiar with the things of God because we can miss out on pretty important particular um, details going on here. So... If we look, this is what's the most significant, and this is what I want you guys to get at, okay? Verse 3, And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called out to him in the midst of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you're standing is holy ground. See, sometimes in our life, God is just looking for us to step aside, looking for us to listen to him, to take the time to step aside, to step out of our busyness, to step out of everything that, that we think is so important. He's calling us to the side, and he's calling us to a place where he wants to show us something that we could not otherwise see. His ways are, are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts, you guys. And so he's calling us to the side so that we can see. Super important. And so this continues. It's very long. But he has this conversation with Moses saying, you know, go to the people. Tell them, you know, what I'm saying to you right now that I'm going to lead you out. And uh, they're going to listen to you. Tell them that I am sent you, right? It's like when uh, you go to a different place and you, and, and you get VIP treatment because you're like, oh yeah, this guy sent me or I'm friends with this person, right? It's interesting. 
uh, how God gives the strategy. And Moses, you know, as we as we move into chapter four, Moses is coming up with all these reasons as to why he's the wrong guy. He's like, I am not the right guy for this. See, we can be hesitant to change. But God was not just calling Moses to change. He was actually calling Moses to transform. And that's completely different, you guys. And we'll get to that in a second. Um, But Exodus 4.10, Moses says this, but Moses said to the Lord, my Lord, I'm not eloquent either in the past or since you've spoken to your servant, but I'm slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, I love God's response. Then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who has made a mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go, right? This is God. He's like, I don't want to hear the excuses. I'm the one that made you. I know what you're capable of. And and often, guys, you know, we are our own worst critic and our own worst enemy. And we're like, well, I know myself. You know, I, I can't be like this and I can't do this and I can't do that. And it says here, actually, in verse 14, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know he can speak well. Behold, he's coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth. And will teach you both what you shall do. He shall speak to you. Uh, he shall speak for you to the people, and he shall be your mouth, and you shall be as God to him. And take in your hand this staff, which you shall do the signs. So, regardless, God is going to have His way. This is what we need to understand as Christians, right? That God has actually transformed us. So, transformation and changes mark the life of a Christian. So as a believer in Jesus Christ, he has transformed you, whether you realize it or not. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and all has become new. Okay. Um, This is a process by which we start to understand what God has done in us, okay? Uh, Colossians 1.13 says this, He has delivered, our, delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. That's an awesome verse, right? So Moses, as he continues to grow with God, as he continues to spend time in the presence of God, as he continues to ask and inquire of the Lord, all of these things, um, he starts to be filled with faith instead of fear. And it's wonderful to see throughout the story and throughout Moses' life how he literally transforms, right? And he spends time, you know, with the Lord and in his presence, his face is glowing, all these beautiful things. Um, the Lord speaks to him and he was inspired to write, you know, the the five first books of the of the Bible. I don't know if you knew that. Um, and it's all from just this time with God. But it's amazing how he got built up in his faith. And of course, we know Romans 10, 7 says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God or or that that word for word, there's revelation. So the word that's revealed to you, okay? Um, so, 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 so important that we understand that in Christ, we are a new species. We're a new creation. We don't have any reference for who we are as sons, except for God's word and God's voice, okay? And we really need to be in that place of just like little children coming unto him, okay? I want to end with this. 
2 Peter 1, verses 3 to 11. And I'm just going to read through it and unpack a very little bit of it. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All things, okay, you guys, uh, that pertain to life and godliness, to live like God, okay? Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. So in other words, um, as we get to know him, all of these things get explained. So our intimacy with God, our, our trust with God is what actually allows us to understand these things about life and godliness, all right? By which he has granted us the precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Okay, hold up. The promises of God are so amazing. And as we spend time with God, not only does he show us everything that we need for life and godliness to be like God, but he actually reminds us of his precious promises. And through those promises, we become partakers of the divine nature. This is awesome. Like God's divine nature in us. Come on. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Okay, all of these qualities, all of these amazing things come from God. There's no way that you could add these things yourself other than spending time with God and allowing these things to happen, just like Moses was not able to transform from the guy that, that stuttered or had confidence issues in his speech to the man that he became. There was a transformation that occurred. And Jesus Christ has transformed you, and now you're discovering that, and so now you're implementing changes, okay? Um, that's why there's this encouragement to supplement your faith. Remember, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So there's all of these things. And I love this. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if people don't see that you're being effective, if people don't see that you're being fruitful, it's probably because you're living a life limited to your human nature and not fully discovering the divine nature that you have in Christ Jesus. We're going to talk more about this in the weeks to come because I feel like this is a lot of information for you guys, but I really want to lay a foundation, okay? Uh, and it ends with this, for whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will not fall. And we hear a lot uh, these days, you guys, about people falling into uh, immorality and, and all of these scandals and all this stuff that's going on. If we would understand that, that God has transformed us, that we were actually partakers of the divine nature, that we don't have to live in this realm of the law of sin and death and consequences. We can receive mercy and grace when we need to and, um, and understand that God has transformed us and we can live life as new creations. But it's a challenge. Change is a challenge. 
And that's why I wanted to bring this to you today. Let me pray with you really quickly. Father, I thank you for everyone listening to this podcast. And I pray that they would embrace change. And they would they would especially embrace all of the truth of what you've done for us through Christ Jesus, that you've transformed us and we are brand new in you. And God, I thank you, uh, Lord, that as the week goes on, that you will speak to them, that you will challenge them, that God, they will feed on your word and uh, you'll be able to tell them the truth of who they really are. And those limitations will be broken off of them in Jesus' name. So we thank you uh, guys for listening to the podcast. We bless you and we will catch you real soon. All right, take care.